0: here's where I want to go this morning real quick. I want you to think about in your mind, think about something that may never end or you have thought about, is this ever going to end? When is this saying, what is that thing that you have thought before? This is never going to end. Maybe for you, has anybody seen Groundhog Day? You remember that movie, Groundhog Day? I know it's a little older movie, but it's that kind of thing where it happens over and over and over. Something is just going to go on and on. Here's another example. Maybe something you've been to this before. I hope I don't offend anyone, but has anybody ever been to a fifth grade band concert before? And you're thinking, (laughs) is this thing ever going to stop? How many of you have you ever tried to count to infinity? Have you ever given it a good shot? I'm going to count to infinity. That would be something that would never end. But you know, Chuck Norris has done it twice. (laughs) All right, that's good. That's good. I love my Chuck Norris jokes. Those are fun. How about this? Things that will never end. Um, A a nagging wife will never... Sorry, it's biblical, guys. Look it up. Proverbs, it talks about it. It's in there. It goes on and on and on. Like, but I'm not going there today. Um, I enjoy my marriage, and we're not going to um, unpack that today. How about this one? Misunderstandings, hurt feelings. These things are hard. And when you have your feelings hurt... And when there's a misunderstanding, man, you feel like that's never going to overcome. You're never going to get through it. How about this one? I'm going to go here for just a second then. How about things that ended and then made a comeback? They stopped and then made a comeback, like Twinkies. You remember this a few years ago? Twinkies. They said, we're done making Twinkies off the shelf. They didn't make them, and then they made a comeback. Now, I get it. The shelf life on these things are endless, um, right? But they stop anyway. Um, Apple. Apple computers in the '80s, late '80s, early '90s. Remember this? We we all thought it was gone, and some of you are old enough to remember this logo as well. Um, I knew this back in that time period. I'm like, yeah, and then here we go again. And Apple's made a huge comeback. Here's another one. Have you seen these Old Spice commercials lately? Old Spice is coming back. I'm wearing some this morning. It's great. I'm joking. I'm not wearing Old Spice this morning. But some of you guys, maybe you're thinking, yes, Old Spice, it's coming back. Um, I love it. Okay, you know this quote as well. Two things that are certain in life are death and taxes. We know that. There are two things in life that we're pretty sure of that's always going to happen, death and taxes. And get this, I heard about this in California on the last ballot um, this last fall, it was on the ballot, they were going to start a proposal to start taxing text messages So when you text message, you're going to tax everybody that. So it didn't happen, it didn't pass, but it was out there, right? Whatever we can do to raise um, some more money. But some satire website picked that up, and they wrote a whole article about what's next for California, is that they're going to start taxing anybody that breathes oxygen while they're in their state of California. You know, right? However we can get more income, we'll, we'll make that happen. But get this government... Government. Let's think about this for just a second with this concept. There will always be someone that wants to govern you. Or you may be in a position of government. And have you ever thought that there's always going to be a government of some sort? Maybe not like the United States of America government, but there's always going to be a government. All right, so this is where we're going today. Um, Two things that I am pretty certain of. It's not death and taxes, two things that I know that are going to live on forever, us and God, us, our souls, not in this form, not in this life here on earth, but we, our souls are going to last for eternity and God is going to last for eternity. So if these are the two things that are going to last forever, us and God, how does this play out? What does this look like? Well, we have been in this series over the last month through Christmas um, called Unto Us. And we're finishing it up today. This is our last part of this series. And Isaiah chapter 9, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there, find this um, chapter, this book, this chapter, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And if you don't, if you have your phones with you, get your phones out, find your Bible app, get that open. Look at this. We're going to read this one more time in this series. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says, "...for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called. And then we walked through this over the last month wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. But then, verse seven. So let's continue with this today. Let's read on to the next verse. And see the connection back here, verse 6 and 7, how they connect. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. His government and his peace, no end to that on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and again forevermore. It will continue. Government and peace, rule and order. Um, It it says it here, establish and uphold his justice, his righteousness. Did you ever think that government and peace really should be together? Um, We may not see it much in our day, in our time, but government, peace, they really should work together. Justice and righteousness should be part of government And what he's talking about here. But for us to have these things, and in order for us to have government and peace working well together, there needs to be good direction. There needs to be guidelines. There needs to be a set of rules and instructions. We call it in America the Constitution. It's written out for how we're supposed to live in this world together. In this book, it's called something else. In this book, it's called Covenants. It's the covenants of God, and the covenants of God come through his words, the words that he speaks. So when I read this, when I look at this, this is how government and peace work together, justice and righteousness, how this will never end. My interpretation of this passage is that his word is his government to us. His word will never pass away. His word will never end. His word is our rule. It's our instruction. It's our covenant. This is our government with him. And if we make this connection, Mark chapter 13, verse 31, it talks about this as well. Mark writes about it. He says, heaven and earth are going to pass away. So we understand this. We're even going to have a new heaven. This earth is not going to last forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will will not pass away. His words will never end. His rule, his righteousness, his government over us will never end. And Isaiah doesn't just stop there at chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 with this. I want to take you somewhere with this. So if you still have your Bibles open, stay in Isaiah, but go to chapter 55. This is what I want to show you and unpack this. I love how this works together and how if you take some time and you, you study the Word of God, you look at it back and forth and around, you can see where He goes with different things with this, and you can see connections. So chapter 55, starting in verse 10, verses 10 and 11, it says this, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but they water the earth. So it's raining, there's snow, there's rain, we get moisture, it waters the earth. Um, and it, it, it has a purpose for doing that. It doesn't go directly back. Making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. And it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose. Purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Now, as a pastor, as a preacher, this is so encouraging to me. I love this passage. I love reading this because it does something beyond what I can do. And it it makes a statement for me that I'm not just a public speaker. I don't just stand up here and, and try and encourage you and hope that you can leave here with some inspiration and you go out and you do something good for the world and for your life. That's not my purpose and my goal. When I read this, I love this and I understand this as a pastor, that I have the confidence that when this book is read out loud, when I take the words of this book and I try and unpack them just a little bit for us and understand them for where we're at in our time, that this this word it doesn't fall on deaf ears it doesn't just happen it 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 does something to you god uses it for a bigger purpose i love it when when you leave whether it's today whenever it is and somebody says man i needed that have you have you been You've been listening to my emails and you're reading my emails. You've been listening to my conversations. How did you know? Or I get an email later in the week or a couple years later, somebody says, my, I remember that sermon you did and you said this and I can't even remember. I'm thinking, I said that really? That was what I said. But it happened to change you. Something I don't understand how I don't always get it, but I trust it. And so we use this. And I love it. Verse nine, if you're still there. Right before it, it says, for his ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I don't always get it. I always understand it, but I trust it. So we preach God's word. But here's the best part about it. You don't have to wait for me. You don't have to wait for Sunday mornings. You don't have to wait for me to try and read it to you or teach it to you. You have one of these. And if you don't, tell me. I'll make sure you get one. I'll help you get one. I'll give you one. And if you don't, you have your phones with you. Get your phones open. You have this book. It's accessible for us. So here's my challenge for you as we end this year and we get ready for a new year. Here's my challenge. Read this book. Read it. Somehow find a way to read it. And I'm going to give you some tools. I'm going to give you some tips and some ways to do this. So I want to encourage you, as a church, let's, let's read this book this next year. All right, let's do this together. We may not read it chapter for chapter together as a whole church, reading it together. You have to read it your way, and I'll get to that in a second. But I want you to read it. So here's some tools. These are some of um, my favorites that, that I would encourage you with. Write these um, websites down. These will really help you. Um, the first one, backtothebible.org. This is a great resource, and there's others out there like this. This is just one of many. If you go to this website, this this place will help you understand how you can read through the Bible in a certain amount of time. If you put in for this next year, it will give you categories. You can read it chronologically, and it will teach you how to read this book chronologically. If you don't know, um, it's not chronological. Um, in its how it's laid out. So if you start in Genesis and read the Revelation, it's not from beginning to end. There There's some parts throughout the Old Testament that are written later and earlier and the way it's put together. So if you want to read it chronologically, it will show you how to do that. If you want to read it historically, there's ways that you can read this book differently. Um, Old and New Testament. If, if you're new to this, if you've never read your Bible from cover to cover before, and you're pretty new to this concept, I wouldn't recommend starting in Genesis and reading through Revelation, because you're going to get into um, Kings and Numbers and Deuteronomy, and it's going to get confusing, and it's going to get hard to push through. If you're new to this, I'd recommend you jump back and forth from the Old Testament to the New Testament, read a little bit here, and then come back and read a little bit more. Um, And you don't have to read it from cover to cover to begin with. It's a book made up of many books. And you have to find the way that you read it the best. How does God need to speak to you in this? So there's different ways to do that. You can blend this together. Maybe for you, it's just the New Testament this next year. Just make a commitment. I'm going to read through the New Testament. Maybe it's twice. Maybe you say, I'm going to read through the New Testament twice this year. And Psalms and Proverbs. I'm going to jump back and read you know a couple books out of the Old Testament as well. Maybe for you, this is new. And you're like, I don't know if I can make a whole year commitment. That's okay. Um, Don't make a new year's resolution with this. I want you to make a covenant with God and a commitment that you're going to read his book somehow, some way. So maybe for you, it's just the next 30 days. Just take January. So I'm going to try my best to read a book of the Bible in the month of January. Okay. Now promise me, don't pick Titus. You know you can do that this afternoon. It's a short one in the New Testament, all right? Don't pick that one. Find one um, pick one of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke or, John, and say, "I'm going to read that book during this next month, and you can put it into a plan. There's others. Bible Gateway will help you do this. you version. It's what we encourage you. If you don't have it downloaded on your phone, I would encourage you get your Bible app downloaded on your phone, carry it around with you, and it will help you read through whatever it is you want to read. There's Bible reading plans, um, devotions that go with it. You can get a daily verse that will pop up for you. Um, if you want to read through the whole Bible, there's ways to do that on your phone. It will teach you how to do it. There's videos. If you go to videos on here, the very last one on this list, the thebibleproject.com, one of my favorites over the last couple years. If you don't understand what you're reading, this group has taken Books of the Bible and broken them down into video forms so that you can understand where that book fits into the grand scheme of what you're trying to read and what that book is trying to teach you. Almost every Sunday, we have an event um, on that as well where you can follow what Crestview is doing and you can get on the event um, categories and find us and follow what is happening. Here's the bottom line you need to read your Bible. You need to find one. You need to find a way that works for you and get this book open and read it. So I want i want to remind you of a couple of things. The first one is remember when you're reading this book, remember that it is God's word to you. This is God's word. The creator of the universe, he has spoken, and you have his words. You can read about him. This will never pass away. When you open this book and you read it, have it it hit you like that. Remind yourself, you're reading the words of the creator of the universe. And then set in awe in front of this book and the words that are on this page. Next, remember, it's a personal conversation. It's a personal conversation with you. God is speaking to you through this book. And you have to do it your way. We, we don't all read the same way. Some of you read really fast, and you want to get through a book, and you need an easy reader so you can just read it like a story. Others of you, and this is fine if you get into a chapter and you're supposed to read two chapters, three verses in, it stops you, and you don't understand, and you need to try and figure it out, stop. It's okay. Do a little research. Call somebody, look it up. Try and figure out what is happening there. Let God's word lead you as you read it. This is your time with God. Let it be for you. And third, on this one, um, the goal is knowledge, yes. Get to know God. Understand who he is. Let this book teach you, but let it change you as well. It's not just a book of information. It's a book of life change And it needs to change your life. I love this quote, Paul Tripp. He said, our goal should not be to master the book. And he's speaking of the Bible. It should not be to master the book, but it should be to be mastered by the God of the book. Let the God of this book master you as you read it. Now, we're not stopping with verse 11 here. If you're still there, hopefully you are. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11 if we stop there, there's, there's something hanging. There's a question that's out there. The question that I see in this, in verse 11, what is God's purpose? It says, it will not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose. What is that? Don't you want to know what that is? Don't you, when you read a verse like that, you've got to look and say, well, then I've got to read a little bit further. I've got to see what the purpose is because it is actually easy for us People have done it often. We can slide into this easily. It's easy for people to use the Bible unbiblically. We use it for our own purpose, not for the purpose of God. And so we have to know what his purpose is. The way I understand it, it's government. It's his government. It's his peace. It's his justice and righteousness. And through his words, through his words, it will last forever. And then we keep reading and find out what his purpose is. Verses 12 and 13, let's read 12. It says, for you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. And the mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing. The mountains and the trees are going to sing. The trees of the field, they will clap their hands. What's it describing? Worship. There's other places throughout this book where it says if we don't worship god the rocks are going to cry out what god has created is going to worship him that's the purpose of this book the purpose of his words is to teach us how to worship and that worship is never going to end That's what eternity is all for. I think the gospel story is all about the restoration of the relationship between us and God. And the end result of that is worship. The word of God is not an end of itself. It's a means to an end. The word of God is a means to an end. And the means of that end is our worship of him. But it doesn't stop here. This is beautiful. This is an amazing word picture that we see in verse 13. And listen to this. But, but remember, the metaphor started off as rain and snow falling from the sky to water the earth, okay? We saw that in verse 10. That's how this started rain and, and snow coming to the earth to water the earth to give it life. Verse 13, listen. Instead of the thorn, shall come up the cypress. That's awesome. I know some of you might be thinking, I don't get it. Why does he think that's amazing? Why is this so awesome? Unpack it with me for just a minute, all right? Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. that shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign. Again, an everlasting sign that will never be cut off. Guys, this is a beautiful picture that Isaiah is painting for us right in front of our eyes. And let me give it to you this way, okay? If you have a thorn bush in your backyard, maybe you have a backyard and you've got this thorn bush growing up in your backyard and it rains on the thorn bush. What happens to that thorn bush? It grows, it gets bigger. Same with the briar patch. It would get bigger if it has rain and snow falling on it, it waters it and it grows. If you feed and water something that's negative, it's going to grow. If you gossip on top of gossip, what happens to that gossip? Gross. If you feed your bad habits with more bad habits, they grow. If you feed your fear with more fear, it just creates more fear. Your sin on top of more sin is more sin. But what Isaiah is telling us here, that's not what happens with the Word of God. When the Word of God becomes like that water... Like the water that waters the earth, when that type of rain, the word of God, when it becomes rain and it waters onto us, that thorn bush changes. It's not a thorn bush anymore. It's something beautiful. It's something different. When God's word comes into your life and you read it for you, for life change, It changes you. Fundamentally, specifically, personally, transformation happens. God's word does not come back void. It doesn't come back empty. When we read this, it changes the sin in our life. It changes the bad habits in our life. It changes the fear in our lives. And we don't have those anymore. We have something new and different in our lives. I want to quote Paul Tripp one more time. He says, when the word of God, faithfully taught by the people of God and empowered by the Spirit of God, falls down, people become different. He writes it this way. He says, lusting people become pure. Fearful people become courageous. Thieves become givers. Demanding people become servants. Angry people become peacemakers. Complainers become thankful. And idolaters come to joyfully worship the one true God. And he closes this statement with this. He says, the ultimate purpose, then, of the Word of God is not theological information, but heart and life transformation. And when our lives and hearts are transformed, we have to worship. There's nothing left for us to do but to worship. So we go back to Isaiah chapter 9. I'm going to read to you again verse 7. And of the increase of his government... And of his peace. There will be no end. His government, his peace, right? Of the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. Now, this statement, I think, um, is hard sometimes for us to understand. Forevermore. What do we mean, his government forevermore? What does that, what, worship him for eternity? This is a hard one for us to grasp and understand, but I want to try something with you this morning. Um, I saw this illustration many years ago. It was actually an illustration that, that I saw at a funeral. And it was the funeral of an, a 19-year-old kid, one of my friends. I was sitting there in the church, and it was, a, it was an older church church. And there was paneling all throughout the sanctuary. And there was a piece of wood that kind of connected the paneling. It went all the way around the room. All the way up front, all the way around the back. And it was just one piece all the way around. And this pastor, um, during this funeral, put just one little dot on that paneling. And then he talked about this concept. And I'll never forget it. Um, I've heard it many other times, many other ways by other pastors. And I've used this illustration before. Some of you may remember it. Um, If you don't, good. Um, That's all right. You're going to hear it again. And I'll probably use it again um, in the future. So if you forget it, I'm going to bring it back up again. But this, this is a timeline of existence. Here's the beginning. In the beginning, God created and the world was formed. And this is the beginning of the world. And then this is a timeline of our existence. And it goes on and on and on all the way up through the roof, into the sky, into the atmosphere. Um, up, and it, you kids, when you, when you leave here today, look for this up above the building. Right. No, it actually ends right there. But let's pretend like it goes all the way through our galaxy up into space. This rope never ends. I'm just using the rope as an illustration. Here's the beginning. Here's eternity. Here's our timeline. And if this is the beginning, then this little red piece right here is us in the beginning, and we've made it to this point. And this little red spot, if you can see this, this little red piece is our life. It's where we're at. It's when we were born, this is when we die. It's how much of eternity that we occupy, and yet we get so excited. We get so nervous, we get so scared, we get so caught up into this little piece that sometimes we forget that we've got so much more in front of us, so much more that we're going to live for, so much more, millions and millions and millions of years to come, and yet we get so caught up in this. Some of us work really, really, really hard during these years so that we can relax during this little bitty spot right here, right at the end, um, right before we die, right? I. I've been in conversations with people that think that what we do is crazy. What I do is crazy as a pastor and what I give to as a church, you know, you know, I got a few dollars, but I'm willing to give that to the kingdom work. I'm willing to give that to something that's going to go beyond me. And I think what's crazy is spending a lot of time and energy and resources on something that's only going to last this much right here. What I'm willing to do is say, there's something beyond, there's something so much more. And the Bible's pretty clear about it. The Bible is very clear that the decisions we make, the choices we make during this time, affect all of this, where we spend all of this. It's affected by what we choose to do here. If you haven't made a choice of where you're going to spend eternity yet here, you've still got a big decision to make in life. There are two things that are going to last, us and God, his government, and the worship of him. We're going to spend a lot of time worshiping him if we choose to worship him now. And if that's what we're going to do forever, then we need to get good at it while we're here. We need to be good at it here, and we need to make that choice to be a part of his government now so that we are part of his government forever. So here's what I want to do with you, Crestview. I want to close our 2018 out, my time with you in prayer. I want to close my time with you praying for you and with you And not just for what's happened, but what's to come. Um, Had coffee with somebody this week that said, man, I'm glad 2018's over. It was not a good year for me. (laughs) I was not excited about this year. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're excited about what's coming. Maybe you're going to miss 2018. You're not sure what's happening. My recommendation is get in the word of God and let him direct you. Let him choose what he needs to do with you to prepare you not just for 2018, but for eternity. So let's do this. Let's pray together. Father, I'm grateful for who you are. I'm grateful for your son and what he means to all of us. What you chose to do through him as our, as our wonderful counselor, as our mighty God, as our Prince of Peace, as our Everlasting Father, that you have given him the government to be on him. And that those words that he spoke to us aren't just words, but they affect everything that we do and who we are. That when we trust in you, that when we follow you, that when we give our lives over to you, that that government will be a government of peace and of encouragement, and of love, and of grace. And God, help us to trust in that. Help us to trust in your words, that they're not there to limit us to what we can do, but they are words there to free us, to bring us closer in relationship and covenant with you, so that we can trust you more and more every day. God, I pray for this group of people here today. Um, I pray for this church, and I pray that we will begin to read your book more and more that we will read it for knowledge to get to know you, that we will also read it for life transformation so that it will affect us and change us from those thorn bushes into the myrtles, into something beautiful. God, change us from the inside out through your words. Help us to draw closer to you. God, lead us in that direction. And may we be a church that others can see you through us and our growth in you. God, challenge us in that, help us in that. May we draw closer to you because of your words. And we pray all of this in your son's name. Amen. All right, here's what I want you to know. You're not in this alone. You don't have to go through this alone. You don't have to try and read it all by yourself there's others. I want to encourage you. um, We are starting some groups this this next month called Rooted Groups, and we want you to be a part of one of those. It will help you. I, I want you to read it for yourself. Don't just rely on me. Read this book. And if you want some encouragement with that, I'm willing to stick around to pray with you, to help guide you. If you need some help understanding where to go, let me help you walk through this. There's others on our staff that would love to do this as well. This is our purpose and our goal is to help you grow closer in that. Um. If you just need some accountability, what is it that you want that we can help you grow closer to him with? Right now we're going to um, remember what Jesus did for us. So if you would, let's stand together and let's prepare our hearts for a time of communion.